Welcome to Bible News Press. Our goal is to discuss biblical faith beyond cliches and buzzwords, whether such words are religious or political. Sometimes we sit around the table and fellowship. Sometimes we do a little time travel. It is all part of our journey with our Abba Father, who has given us the key to life. We do it with Jesus, and we do it together. Welcome. Hello, I'm Laura. I'm going to read Hosea chapter 14 from the World English Bible. Israel, return to Yahweh your God, for you have fallen because of your sin. Take words with you and return to Yahweh. Tell him, forgive all our sins and accept that which is good. So we offer our lips like bowls. Assyria can't save us. We won't ride on horses. Neither will we say any more to the work of our hands, our gods. For in you the fatherless finds mercy. I will heal their waywardness. I will love them freely, for my anger is turned away from him. I will be like the dew to Israel. He will blossom like the lily, and send down his roots like Lebanon. His branches will spread, and his beauty will be like the olive tree, and his fragrance like Lebanon. Men will dwell in his shade. They will revive like the grain and blossom like the vine. Their fragrance will be like the wine of Lebanon. Ephraim, what have I to do any more with idols? I answer and will take care of him. I am like a green cypress tree. From me your fruit is found. Who is wise that he may understand these things? Who is prudent that he may know them? For the ways of Yahweh are right, and the righteous walk in them, but the rebellious stumble in them. This last section here is full of hope and promise in contrast to the opening of Hosea with him marrying a woman who is determined to be a prostitute. Here Israel is again invited to return or to turn to Yahweh, which has been a theme throughout the book. There was a hint of a desperate return in Hosea 2.7, and then in Hosea 3.5, there is the prophetic reference to the Lord their God and David their king. In Hosea 5.4, their deeds won't let them return, and then in Hosea 5.15 is where Yahweh says he will return to his place until they acknowledge their offense. Hosea 6.1 sounds like Hosea is urging them to return to Yahweh, who will heal them. And Hosea 6.11 talks about the captives returning. Hosea 7.10 says Israel does not return. And 7.16 says they return to the wrong thing. Hosea 8.13 says they will return to Egypt, probably meaning bondage or not having their own land. And then also in Hosea 9.3, there's the same idea. However, in Hosea 11.5, it speaks of physically going to Assyria and not going to Egypt, probably in alliance, as we discussed when reading that chapter. Then in Hosea 12.6, he again admonishes them to turn to God, which involves keeping kindness and justice. We recently read Joel, and in Joel 2.13, it simply invites them to return with honest, contrite hearts. If you do a word search for return on blueletterbible.org in the New King James Version, it appears 282 times as a word. It's around 2 Chronicles 6.38 that it starts to be used more in the sense of returning to Yahweh. 
and that is ironically during Solomon's prayer of dedication of the temple. There are still other uses of the word return throughout the rest of the Bible, but um, it will come up a lot in the same sense as it has in Hosea in both Isaiah and Jeremiah. Verse 2 here in Hosea chapter 14 reminds me of Peter's answer to the people in Acts 2.38. They just need to repent and turn to God based on him taking care of the sins. Where it says we offer our lips like bulls, that means sacrifices, which they offered bulls as burnt offerings. They are encouraged to fully confess that all the places they have looked to for help, like Assyria and horses and idols, are going to be abandoned. This seems pertinent because they had been going through outward motions of temple sacrifices in many cases to Yahweh, having the wrong idea that they could pursue everything at once. The term, in you the fatherless finds mercy, is poignant. It seems to both speak of how Yahweh cares for the most vulnerable people and also suggest that Israel has been living as a fatherless nation, as Hosea alluded to them previously rejecting his loving care as a father in Hosea 10, 3-4. You can also see Psalm 10:14 and Psalm 68:5 for talking about this attribute of God's character. In verse 4, when he says their waywardness will be healed, other Bible translations use the word backsliding. But both of these words refer to apostasy and rebellion. The International Standard Bible Encyclopedia says the Hebrew implies non-adherence to what is right or forsaking a covenant relationship, hence the allegory of prostitution in Hosea. This is not just a picture of an accidental misstep. This is a way of life with serious implications, but he will heal it freely. All they have to do is turn to him. The results will be refreshing, as indicated by dew, and beautiful thriving, as indicated by the lily. We did a little bit of a word study on lily when we were reading the Song of Solomon. It shows up in chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. It is also in 1 Kings 7.26 and 2 Chronicles 4.5 being used in the decorations for the temple. It comes up in the plural several places, also in the Song of Solomon, and in Psalm 60 verse 1, and also several of the song psalms are put to a, an apparently well-known tune that had to do with lilies. And then we have the famous reference that is spoken of in both Matthew 6.28 and Luke 12.27, where uh, Solomon is compared as not being as well-arrayed as the lilies. So it seems significant that the lily is used here as representing the beauty of relationship with Yahweh. Interestingly, the references to Lebanon also come up in Song of Solomon. This seems here to refer to the forested mountains, so the roots are firmly established for these trees to grow. Verse 6 continues with this picture of vigorous, strong growth that is beautiful. According to the Fawcett and Brown commentary, the cedars of Lebanon smell wonderful as well. Throughout the Bible, both the cedars of Lebanon and olive oil imply prosperity and flourishing. And you can see Psalm 52.8 and Psalm 128.3 for examples of this. Also, it is an olive tree that Paul uses in Romans chapter 11 to talk about the Gentiles being grafted in. A cross-reference for verse 7 from the King James Version of the Bible I have 
goes to Daniel 4.12 about Nebuchadnezzar, where he tells about the dream he had and where he was humbled. But there in his dream, the tree clearly represents his kingdom and him as the ruler over it. The idea here in Hosea seems to be that when Jesus Christ reigns from Jerusalem as king, his shade will extend from there, uh, from Israel. And you can see a reference to this in Isaiah 9-6 when it talks about the government being on his shoulders. Verse 8 is obviously about Ephraim abandoning idols, but Chuck Missler in his commentary about this says that some scholars say this verse is a back and forth, one sentence from one person, one from another. It doesn't seem quite to flow to me with the rest of the section that way, but some scholars think it's that, so I thought I'd mention it. But it does seem to flow best as a continuance of verification that idols are being abandoned and that God will be the one, the only one capable, as he says, of being a savior. He will be the one to answer them and take care of them. And fruit speaks of both life and sustenance. He is the source. See also John 15, 4 through 5, where Jesus talks about himself being the vine. Then chapter 14 ends much like a psalm or proverb. The word prudent is used again. It came up when we talked about um, Amos chapter 5, specifically verse 13. Some translations translate the word prudent as understanding. There are other synonyms like discernment, practical wisdom, quickness of apprehension, insightful. Interestingly, it does not imply good or righteousness, but it is neutral and depends on what the person bases his information on and what he plans to do with it. Remember, a person can have the wisdom of the world, and then Jesus even uses the parable of the shrewd servant. Here in this last verse of chapter 14, there are three words used to emphasize the understanding, the wisdom, the prudence that the righteous will walk in that represent the right ways of Yahweh, but will make the rebellious stumble. This reminds me of Psalm 1-6, which says, For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. That's all for today. Thanks for listening. That is the Bible News Press segment for today, but not the end of our journey. 